This is exactly right. podcast what episode of my favorite murder is this this one's episode 15 <laughs> one five one a one and a five it comes after the number 14 that's which, by right. the way congratulations on picking that amazing oh god thank name. you i feel like the spirit of prince was with me when i wrote that you sexy mother 14 it was yeah. perfect i need i wanted it to be an homage to the man that we lost mm-hmm. And yet, at the same time, still serve no purpose for what we're trying to get done, which is let people know what we're talking about on our podcast. Well, they really have no way of knowing, and so they have to listen. It's a mystery. It's a mystery wrapped in an enigma called "My Favorite Murder." Welcome, everybody. That's Georgia Hardstark. That's Karen Kilgariff. This is episode fifteen, which we didn't realize until five minutes ago. <laughs> we thought it was episode sixteen this whole time, which is why. <laughs> How did we both do that? Which is why this episode's theme is murders that happened 16 years ago. (laughs) Even though it's episode Now makes no sense. Uh, Except, I I mean, I guess we could have just done millennial murders and said that we meant to do it. And it was because we wanted murders that were in 2000. But we're not going to pretend that we're smarter than we are. Let's not try to cover any of our flaws or blemishes. this This is what makes us us. Yeah. This is, we're human beings. We have no support. We don't even have one person that could go, hey guys, nice conversation about the 16th episode. Why don't you save that for next week? Yeah. This is the 15th episode. Like we've said from the very beginning, we're not experts on anything. Uh, except for our own feelings. Right. Um, we are, yeah, we are slu- amateur sleuths with numbers and murders. Yep. That have stumbled into a conversational podcast about the thing we love the most. <laughs> death. 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 Do you think your anxiety over true crime has like subsided a little since this podcast started? You know what's funny, Georgia? Heart <laughs> Tell Stark. Me. Tell me, Karen. I don't have that much anxiety oh. about true crime. You, you have the, uh, when you talk about it, it's like, uh, it seems to me to be like a thing that releases your anxiety, which I relate to, mm-hmm. but I more have a, a morbid fascination that borders on, I think I might want to do this. <laughs> like that's, that's the dance that I'm Kill dancing. People? Kind of a oh. little bit. I mean, oh. not genuinely, but in that way of like, this is an option. <laughs> that's concerning to me <laughs> sitting in a room alone with you. Just in that way of like, I feel like that's the genuine truth that I should state. I get it. It's like that thing of like, I could steer my car off this road right now over a bridge. Exactly. Or have you ever heard that thing where it's a very real thing. Pilots cannot look at the ground when they're flying airplanes or they'll fly the airplane into the ground. Yeah. It's called, uh, I'm making this up completely right now. It's called something like ground hypnosis. <laughs> or the word hypnosis right. is in it. That sounds right. But it's basically the thing of like, if you look at it, you'll do it. Because your brain knows it's not supposed to. Right. Also, you're like jumping off. If you're on a tall building, you have to like not stand near the ledge because you might just fucking throw yourself over the ledge. You know, this, there was an amazing conversation that you got into on the Facebook page. This is all unwanted thoughts or dangerous thoughts. That was great. I loved that conversation. It was so fucking cool. And as I was reading it, uh, uh, you know, I don't, I wouldn't say I suffer from that as a real um, disorder Mm -hmm. or like something that really, uh, I have to deal with every day. But I also kept thinking as I was reading it, I feel like that's a very human thing to have. I understand that the people that we're talking about are talking about it's problematic and it's right. like in, it's interrupting their the lives. The unwanted thoughts of, of killing, that they might accidentally kill someone. Or all those things. It was like jumping off a, jumping off of something yeah. or, but I had it really bad. I know that it's a side effect of having anxiety because when I got, I got very convinced when my niece was like three or four mm-hmm. that she was going to die. Yeah. And I was, I got very obsessive about it. My sister would be like, Oh, I dropped her off at Eileen's to go swimming. And I'd be like, Are she's going to fucking drown? There's, I was like, I would get really upset and be like, Why aren't you staying there? Yeah. And she's like, What's wrong with you? And I finally had to tell her, I felt so crazy. And I finally had to tell my sister, like, I'm just convinced that she's going to die. And my sister goes, oh, yeah, so am I every day. That's part of it. Uh, and then I just went, oh, like, oh, 
Oh, that's just the fear of like. I have that every day loss. with someone, with anyone. Yeah. Like with Vince, I'm just like mentally preparing myself for something happening and it's like just terrible and not fun. But I think that's a, I guess my only point is I think it's a very human yeah. thing to put yourself through. Yeah. And you I know be it's, ready. it's just an anxiety issue too. And yeah. I'm aware of it. So it doesn't like take over my life. But I love the fact that that Facebook page can actually be a place where people get to talk about stuff like that. Totally. And find other people to go. You're, I'm totally with you. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. I get that. It's I like that cool. a lot. Um, totally. And I'll, and speak while we're on the topic, we'll just say this speaking for officially for this podcast. We only want to use our Facebook page to talk positively about what we like or what we are scared of or what we're going through. We do not. Uh, endorse anybody talking shit on other podcasts on our Facebook page. Yeah. It's gotten a little weird where it's become a topic in and of itself. Yeah. And uh, the bottom line is we have no interest in talking shit on other podcasts yeah. at all. We, so please don't only, do it. We only mention the podcast we like because guys, there's room for everyone. Yeah. And if you don't fucking like it, don't listen to it. Don't listen to it. But certainly don't bring it over to our Facebook page to talk about because it's not it's not something we want to endorse or even be a part of. Um, do you think that people who aren't on the Facebook page are sick of hearing about the wonderful, beautiful, awesome Facebook page? I'm positive they are. <laughs> it's like being like the girl at my school said, yeah, that's basically what yeah. it is. God, I can't wait till we're selling the t-shirts. It's so soon. Oh, that's right. Georgia has really hustled it up and she's gotten some t-shirt designs ready. And yeah. I think how soon? Hopefully in the next week. The, so it's going to be a pre-order. Yes. And then they'll all get sent out in like two weeks. So if you will, the pre-order will be open. Then it'll be closed. Then, then it'll be open again. And then, you know what happens after things close? They open again. They open again. Always. That's the cycle of life. Um, And that's the official My Favorite Murder uh, t-shirt yeah. that we're going to have for you. First one. Very exciting. Yep. Uh, So, hey, so what happened 16 years ago? <laughs> And how does that relate to our 15th episode? Mm -hmm. uh, millennial murders. Millennial Y2K. Y2. Y2 what? Y2 murder. Now I'm now I'm thinking, would I have had better luck if I had looked through 1999 murders? Because yeah. 2000 was like, when I was trying to go through all of the date, or all of the stuff that happened yeah. that whole year. It was hard. And also it was like, it's weird the news the news that came up. I did find a really good mass murder from a death cult. Ooh. Um, but it was in Uganda. Yeah. It was the something along the lines of like the holy order of the live by the Ten Commandments of God wow. cult. And like oh, over two hundred and fifty people died. And it was basically kind of their Modern Jonestown. version of a Jim Jones. Yeah, Jonestown. And I've been looking at photos from that a lot lately. From Jonestown? Yeah. Why are they all found face down? They're all face down, facing towards... I think someone posed them after they died. You do? Yeah. So everything looked uniform? It looks mellow and not a big fucking mess. I think that, you know, people stayed alive after or the or the army that that they had, the local army, posed everyone. Because wow. if you look at the photos, they're all... It's almost like they are laying down with their heads facing Jim Jones's, like, uh, throne. throne his weirdo throne yeah and they some of them have their arms around each other it's like very orderly and it's so creepy it's the creepiest i've heard i would say 20 seconds of that tape of, oh, God. of him talking don't do that to yourself listen to the whole thing you did oh i've done it multiple times <laughs> why because i'm so curious because <laughs> i'm so fascinated by that one. Oh. Even the m tiny moment that I listen to, I can replay in my head. Uh, it feels like verbatim. I listened to it and I read the transcripts and I read a bunch. There was an AMA on Reddit by a woman who was a survivor oh. there who got out like got out a couple months before. Mm -hmm. But her mom and brother died in there because they were high ups. Yeah. So she was talking about what happened. She listened to the tape and was like, here's what, what here's what people were saying. And here's what they meant. Who was saying what? It's so fascinating to me. It's really the thing, the fact that it happened in San Francisco, like close to where yeah. I grew up, and there was a bunch of people of all walks of life mm -hmm. trying to start a utopia. Yeah. I mean, that every element of it is such an amazing, horrifying story. Yeah. It just is so like, it's the classic don't go to a second location. <laughs> 
with, with someone named Jim Jones, you know, <laughs> or a hippie, the 30 rock joke. Right. Exactly. <laughs> or the Scientology. I was just reading today about how the um, David Miscavige's wife, Shelly Miscavige is like missing as fuck. Yep. For years. For years. And they finally put out a police report for her missing persons. But there's some like compound where they keep like high ups and like just torture them constantly. In she, Florida? Yeah, I think so. So she's probably there. So don't go. Don't say you'll go somewhere else with someone. No. Don't go anywhere. Don't go <laughs> don't anywhere. leave your house. Stay in your apartment. Um, you know, that makes me think they've got to rescind the religious uh, tax status for Scientology. Oh it's been God. proven that it's not an actual religion. It's insane. That it's basically a humongous pyramid scheme. I apologize if it's your religion and you're offended right now. I, I don't think they don't want you to be mad at me, but you're in a cult. Call your dad <laughs> or someone that can help you. Your parents actually love you, even if even if they're a what is it called? In you. A negator? What's it called right. in Scientology? You're a um a negative something. Yeah, you're like you've got body thetans and you're you. Your uh oh shit, there's a specific Negative word. Things. Trophy? No, that was yeah. last week. Yeah. How many people <laughs> evidence on, on the uh yeah <laughs> the, on the Twitter Twitter feed just wrote trophy. It was making me laugh so hard. The word we kept forgetting last week. Yeah, that one, you know, what yeah. what was, they keep we keepsakes. I have to apologize for I couldn't listen to last week's episode because my mic was not screwed on properly and there were all these jiggling noises through the whole thing and I'm fucking sorry and I hope you guys got through it because I think it was a really good I was like so happy about the episode. Yeah. I went to listen to it and I was like, I can't even listen to this. It was a little um I did listen to it, but I'm used to I mean, it's DIY baby. That's, that's what we're doing. That's true. And compared to some that sound like they're being recorded in a can in Alaska, <laughs> we're, I think we're a couple steps ahead. I think in, so too. In terms of that. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs. Oh my God. Yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient made in cookware. Made in was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Maiden. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of made in products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made-in, made-in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com Goodbye, Goodbye. Uh, Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Um, I think I think I went first last time, didn't I? Yeah, so I I looked up a ton of murders and I was like, kind of like, this is there's not a lot of great 
2,000 murders that just like have a lot of information in them. You we know? basically painted ourselves into a corner. We totally did. We need to stop doing that. <laughs> we, we need, need to, to like, stop immediately. We need to stop texting each other on Sunday and being like, <laughs> or like Monday, hey, what's the topic? I don't know. What do you want the topic to be? I don't know. You mentioned this. Okay, let's do that. We yeah. need to stop doing that. I think we need to go back to our original gut feeling of I need to talk about this guy. I think let's try that next week. Or woman. Yeah, let's okay. try that. Let's try that because I have a couple that I really want to get to that would have to be really weird and specific like topic. Yeah, we don't have to. Okay, let's Nobody gives a shit. But I did find I ended up finding a really good one that I never had heard about. And I'm really excited to talk about because it's fucked up. And Wonderful. Weird. It's the Setagaya family murders. Mm. Okay. I don't think I've heard of that. On the morning of December 31st, 2000. So I'm a fucking day. I'm a day away. <laughs> you basically under, just made the cut. I just made the cut. I'm under the radar. <laughs> in a home in Tokyo's Setagaya ward, Mikio uh, Miyazawa who's 44, his 41-year-old wife, Yasuko, their eight-year-old daughter, Nina, and six-year-old son, Ray, were found dead in their home. Um, the son had been strangled, and the other three were stabbed to death. Ooh. So the killer, or killers, which isn't brought up a lot, but I'm kinda, I'll am kind of i tell you more about that, okay. enters through the bathroom window upstairs and goes to the son's room. He smothers the little boy in his sleep. How old, sorry? Six-year-old. Ugh. Um, and then this father, Mikio, had been working in the study on the first floor. Perhaps he heard something. So he climbs the stairs where he encounters the home invader. They fight. And then so the father's body is found at the bottom of the stairwell, stabbed to death. The killer had brought a sashimi knife with him, which is a very long, thin blade. They're really fucking sharp. And the killer and father fought at the staircase and the killer damaged his knife in the process. Hmm. Um, the killer then attacked the mother, Yasuko, and their eight-year-old daughter, Nina. It's Nina with two eyes, so I don't know if that's supposed to be something else. So they were sleeping together in the third floor loft of the house. He couldn't finish the job because his knife was broken. So he leaves and goes to the kitchen to get another knife. And it's the family's first aid kit was found open at the scene with some of the daughter's blood on the bandages. So it seems like when the killer walked out of the room, they thought like maybe he was leaving. And so the mom starts bandaging up the um oh, that's the wounds. horrible but he comes off to finish them off but he has to cover their faces with cloth because he, while he's killing them he can't look at them and yet he, he it's not a simple murder he like it's a pretty brutal murder yeah. so it's not like he couldn't look at them just to kill them really quickly which is weird that's super weird and it's almost like it's personal like he must know them or something mm -hmm. one would think anyways or he doesn't want them to look at him um, let's see. Which means he might be having feelings, which means he's probably not a psychopath. Right. Maybe. But, but may, right. But then, then, okay, da, 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 da. He continued to stab their bodies after they were dead. Hmm. Okay. Based on their stomach contents, the time of the family's death was placed at 1130 p.m., and the uh, murderer was injured at some point because his blood was found on bandages. But after killing the family, he didn't leave. He stayed there overnight. Ooh. He ate contents of, from the fridge. Um, and he wandered around the house eating popsicles, like discarding them in the trash can in the study and two other wrappers in the kitchen. So he was just chilling out. He was literally just chilling out. <laughs> He spent time, he went logged on to their, their computer between midnight and 1 a.m. He browsed the internet for five minutes, visited. Where'd the, he go? Buzzfeed? <laughs> well, actually, they know he went to the theater company, which was a bookmark by the, by the wife. Mm. Um, he tried to buy tickets. <laughs> what the fuck? And his, his, his th fingerprints was found on the mouse, but not the keyboard. So maybe he was just like clicking things that were already on the computer but he's what is he thinking no if fingerprints can only be on keyboards yeah. but maybe he was clicking with his palm it's on the mouth so weird the thought process of this person doesn't make any sense okay then again sometime in the morning he used the computer for four minutes he visited the web page of the father's company and the um the, the daughter's school or the son's school and he killed the power to the uh, computer by pulling out the cord which he he took with him from the crime scene um, in the living room, credit cards, bank books, driver's license, and other personal 
uh, identifying information were spread out as if the suspect had been sorting through them. In the second floor bathtub, more scattered papers were located, such as receipts, item from the mother's school, towels, sanitary products used to stop his bleeding, and other garbage. <laughs> so he's got a maxi pad on his stabbed arm or whatever? Yeah. Okay. He also, and this is information that I don't know, they, he used the restroom and didn't flush. So they have like, they know like his meal, but that he ate before he came. I'm sorry. Which is like, dude, these people in Tokyo were like hardcore detectives. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Whose he, department, who gets that job? <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. Someone very low on the totem pole. Ooh. Okay. At some point, the killer took a nap on the couch in the living room. So he must have known like no one was coming home. Mm-hmm. No one was expecting them. No one was like going to come over. Like, cause his, the, the mother of the mother of the, 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 the wife lived next door and in like attached house. So he, how did he know she wasn't going to come over and like hang out? Do you think he didn't know she was there or and he's just like, I mean, because possibly if you yeah. murder an entire family, you probably are crazy in some way. Yeah. So it would make sense that you're just like, I'll be crazy and chill out and be a weirdo. Yeah, no one will even come over. OK, yeah. Sometime around 10. <laughs> OK, yeah, you okay, saw yeah. that. <laughs> no, I agree. It's well, This is so weird. This case is really interesting because there's so many clues that I'll get to that it should be it should be solved or there should be a really specific profile of this killer. But. I think all the clues are so weird that they that they sully that they make it even harder. Right. So around 1038 to 1045, the family computer received an email that had a required password to open, which means the family was still alive by then. Um, And then but they must have been killed after midnight before midnight. But didn't you say he broke in in the morning? No. Oh, okay. Sorry. He broke in. Um. I thought no. it was like an all-day torture thing. No, no, no. He broke okay, in good. in the evening. Okay, good, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, really? <laughs> right. Okay, so here's what's going on. There's a skate park right across the street that just opened up from the family's house, and they were annoyed by the noise, and they had already been planning to move because of it. And a witness report seeing uh, Mikio arguing with the skateboarders a few days before the crime. Another witness reported seeing the father arguing with uh, a bike gang member or the bike gang crew. Um, so he left behind a bunch of clothing that, that looked like a skater would wear. And the police were also able to determine the cologne the suspect wore, which is a favorite brand of skateboarders. What? I know. Weird, right? Um, so speaking of the stuff he left behind, let's see. Um, in the pocket. Okay. So trace amounts of a red fluorescent agent were found on the suspect's clothing because he left all of his clothing behind. He folded up neatly his clothing and left it behind, which what? is like, and they were able to find so much information from that. That it seems like a setup. That it seems like a setup. They found, they were able to find sand in his pockets that they were able to conclude that it was from the Edwards Air Force Place in, in Las Vegas, Nevada. What? Like that's how specific they were able to get. Which has led a lot of people to think that maybe his pa- this guy was a skateboarder and his parents were working in the military. They also did DNA testing on him and were able to tell that he's mixed race with a mother of Southern European descent and a father most likely Korean. So he's mixed race. White so he and could Korean. easily be from outside the country, right? So maybe his parent, maybe his father or his mother worked on the Air Force Base transferred to Japan which means his fingerprints wouldn't be on file because normally if you come to if you come to Tokyo or you come to Japan your fingerprints are taken right anyways so his wouldn't be if he was just a kid of the military yeah okay um da, 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 da. so this red fluorescent agent found on the suspect's clothing indicates that the suspect was involved in stage prop design where this particular chemical is used and it's not something the family had or would have ha- had around. And the trace amounts were also found in the garage. However, there was no indication the suspect had ever been in the garage. This led investigators to believe that the suspect may have had contact with the family prior to the killing. And remember that he went to a page that she had um, to buy tickets to for buy the tickets team. for a theater company. So maybe she was the mom was involved in the theater company, or maybe that killer was continu- in 
also continuing to try to set up a person right to indicate because you left the clothes there with that agent right on them. then you buy those tickets you're definitely pointing an arrow or maybe he was stalking them and stalking her maybe he had broken into the house before that the incident gone in the garage somehow like kind of kind of profiling the house to see how he could get in there mm-hmm. um an old jacket was missing and all of the family's happy new year greeting cards were missing they were like gone which is so weird someone suggested maybe they had cash in them but they were saying that they're like happy new year's cards which are like from friends yeah you wouldn't not, send you your really money that. unless um, that's a tradition or something. right so some people say it looks like the work of a professional killer because how easily he killed the children was fine doing that um it's probably not his clothing since he left it behind and then um Maybe he wanted to look like a skater just to kind of throw them off and be like, lead them in a different direction. Yeah. You know, um, that's just, it's just so many random things. And also, oh, they also knew that the clothes were washed in hard water, not soft water. So they hadn't been washed in Japan. Oh, wow. I know. What a weird little detail. I wonder, does Vegas have hard water? Right. Probably right. Yeah. It's just, it's just. It's frustrating that they can know so many little elements about these things, but yet not have a psychological profile or, you know, just be a little more specific as to who it could be. Like, they have an age range that's probably somewhere between their 20s and 30s. Also, why was the little boy strangled and everybody else stabbed? Yeah. Is that purely just convenience of, you know, wherever his knife was? Or I yeah. mean, like, it's fascinating. Yeah. Like, what... What the difference is, what the details actually point to. Totally. I, that's why I can't stand ones that haven't been solved because it doesn't that's, teach you anything. That's why I love them. Because Cause you just, cause they're so, it's such a bigger, it's just a bigger, I feel like I'm let down when I'm like, oh, it's just some shithead yeah. psychopath. It's like not even worth anything. He should have just killed himself rather than like, there's this mysterious guy in the world. It could be a big deal. It could be this crazy cover up. Like all the possibilities are so much better than what the reality really reality is, which is that it's some fucking asshole. Well, also because you use your imagination and you basically write a mystery story of yeah. like, it's a person that, that worked with the wife at the theater company, yeah. but he dressed up like a skateboarder. Like Cause, he, cause she had told him there was a skate park and he knew that there was issues and there was problems. And that's the perfect. Totally decoy oh maybe he just came to murder the father because the father was you know a business associate of his and he he needed you know and just the the family were witnesses and so he had to kill them all and just kind of freaked out and stayed in the house until he figured out what to do but so that points away from a professional in any way so does i think so does like eating popsicles and all that shit and shitting totally it makes me think of mike from Breaking Bad and mm-hmm. how when he goes to do stuff like you've seen all that right yeah. where he he bought like the the that was actually from Better Call Saul but uh, a character on there buys he knows he's being followed and he wants to make sure nobody gets the jump on him mm-hmm. so he buys a welcome mat and underneath it he puts that, Loved that. ditto paper yeah. so he knew when people were standing at his front door that is awesome it was like stuff like that I, I love that or when they put a, a light a small like watch underneath the wheel of the car and when it runs over there that the time stops of when that person left yes didn't they do that in that too probably that was probably in breaking bad right some yeah some show i saw where they it was like a watch stopped at this time that's what time they left i had a roommate in san francisco that used to keep his pot in a drawer in his room and when i would go to steal it while he was at work <laughs> one time i found a hair laying across yep. the top so i pulled picked the hair up and I went in and took the pot and as much pot as I saw fit that I deserved, <laughs> didn't pay for, wasn't mine. Shut the drawer and put the hair back. Yeah. So he could. And then he's a stoner. So he was just paranoid to accuse yeah. me of taking his pot. If you have. Sorry, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I if, you, um, if you close the door. Yeah. If you put a little saliva on the hair and put, stick it to the thing or a little tape on there, the hair will break when you open the door. Yep. Love that trick. Love that trick. Never used it, but just the idea that he and I were involved in those kind that level of spy versus spy totally. stoner bullshit was super enjoyable. It made um it, yeah. I it makes me want to ask you all these questions, but I don't want to put you in a bad position. But it makes me go like, 
are serial killers common in Japan or rare? Like, do we know anything culturally? Because that's like, that I feel like we never hear about. It's like every once in a while you hear about that terrible girl, the girl that got mm-hmm. tortured oh, for thir- 40 days by this awful fucking high schoolers. That's awful. Or there was one guy that killed children that they right. caught recently or whatever. But you, it's not like here where they're fucking coming out of everybody's ass all right. the time. Or it's a lot of gang gang killings and right yeah it doesn't seem like there or like mass killings but not as many like serial killers. No, no people not sneaking in your window and killing yeah. an entire family and someone hypothesized that that's why the, the cops have a lot of forensic uh capabilities but not a lot of problem like because they they don't deal with a lot of murders like this so they couldn't really put it together as to what would happen right yeah yeah and they say the cops are i don't know if it's that way anymore but for a long time, the cops in Japan were just completely in bed with the... Yeah. What is it? Uh, Azuka. Azuka. Don't bring it up if you don't know, Karen. <laughs> don't mention it if you don't know the word. Listen, this this is an uncut, unedited podcast. <laughs> in we your don't, face. We don't want to look smart for you. We're in your face with our ignorance. Yeah. Doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. Um. Uh, so that's my... Yeah, the... the that's a good one. Setagaya Family Murders. And it and how how long ago did it happen? Sixteen years ago. Oh, that's right. And there's been there as there's been two thousand forty six hundred officers involved in the case to date, which seems like too many. Yeah, and they might and be. they've received more than sixteen thousand pieces of information from the public. Yet the killer remains at large. What if, what's that? What's that old lady next door know? That's what I want to know. That her daughter's. Oh, her family. entire family. I mean, she must. Is and she I guess, still alive? I don't know, but the the house is left the same, like left. Oh, like nobody's moved in there. There's your horror movie. Sure, people go there right every in. year and place fa- flowers on the date and stuff. <sighs> it's sad. It was like a sweet looking little family. Of course. I mean, I mean not Jesus. that they would deserve it if they were not sweet looking, <laughs> but they just look very normal. Right. It's really sad. What happened? Yeah, but the fact that the guy was comfortable staying in a house with murdered people means he had to be a little bit crazy because they were saying like, you know, if you kill someone for the first time, you like don't want to be in the house with the fucking dead bodies anymore. It's creepy. Yeah, it's creepy. So maybe he was he he murdered children for Christ's sake. Ugh. Wow. Yeah. Well, turn yourself in, please. (laughs) Yeah. You're listening. (laughs) We're huge in Japan, so we know that this has a long reach. Mm Hmm. Um, and we have a lot of influence over murderers. And we have a lot of influence in general. Everyone knows that. We'll get, tell him we'll give him a free shirt <laughs> if he comes in. You don't have to wear your dumb army brat clothes anymore. No. no. I, here's the thing I know about skateboarders. They're massively chill. They don't murder families no. and on the whole. So no. the idea that you were trying to set up uh, someone from a culture that's all about hanging and just being kind of cool with everybody. Yeah. Is a mistake. Yeah, skater boy. In my opinion. Yeah. Hey, Karen, you know that feeling when you're stressed out and your heart starts to pound and your mind is racing? I do. I know it well. Well, while there's no cure for stress, therapy can help shape your response to it. And since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, there's no better time to try Talkspace. When you sign up for Talkspace, you'll receive a personalized match with a therapist or psychologist, typically within 48 hours. Forbes rates Talkspace as the number one online therapy platform, plus their licensed professionals are in network with almost all major insurance companies. Once you meet your therapy goals, or if you want to cancel for any reason, Talkspace will provide you with a prorated refund for unused time. I feel like these days people understand the importance of therapy, but the difficult part is just taking that first step. It took me months to make my first therapy appointment. I was so scared. I had a lot of ideas in my head about it. And that's why I think Talkspace is such a good idea, because making it so approachable will just get you there sooner. Then you can actually get in there, figure out what you need, talk to an actual professional, and be on your way to solving some stuff that you might want to solve. To celebrate Mental Health Awareness Month and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering our listeners $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80. Go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and use promo code SPACE80. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and enter promo code SPACE80 and get $80 off your first month and show your support for our show. That's Talkspace.com slash MFM. Enter 
for promo code SPACE80. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com slash murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Um, My murder is like the one you talked about of a boring person that's just some guy. And when you find out, you go, this schlub um, but he's kind of like the height of that, which I think is really fascinating. Every time I've seen him on your 28, 2020 or your 48 hours or your 28 hours, the <laughs> combo program, a little, of little longer, a little longer day, <laughs> 28 hours. It's a little uh, bit longer of a day. It's a, a so much murder that we have to extend the day yeah. four hours. Um, so mine and a lot of people ta- have talked about this on the Facebook oh, page. Excited. Sorry to mention it again, no. but it's Dr. Harold Shipman who was a GP in England. Oh, yes. Um, he had, uh, I think it was, it's near Manchester. I'm not going to talk about England like I know anymore because did you see the posts about how wrong I was about the accent from Happy Valley? Oh. It was hilarious how wrong I was. No, oh, it sounded right to me. Uh, of course it did. And the thing I forget is there's people in other countries <laughs> listening to me bullshit. People keep saying to us, do you, when are you going to cover Australian? Like Australia's got some like gnarly murders, gnarly good ones, crazy ones. We got to do a couple Australia Australia episodes at some point. Well, we did touch on it with your guy, the mystery man, that they think they've solved. Did you see that article? Um, oh, yeah. The down. What's that guy's called? The um. God, I don't. Your guy. That. I know. I know. It's oh, actually, no. Forget it. Let's forget <laughs> it. <laughs> so my guy, Dr. Harold Chipman. Have I mentioned I have anxiety and I don't sleep at night? I don't sleep at night. Have I mentioned that this is just a podcast and uh, if you need to know factual shit, go ahead and log on to CNN.com. <laughs> or maybe don't. Um, okay, so Dr. Harold Shipman is a doctor. He studied at the Leeds School of Medicine. He graduated in 1970. Um, and... The interesting about thing about him to to note is that um, his mother, who he was very close to, uh, had lung cancer, and so um, she used to uh, have morphine administered to her in, in the end stages. Lung cancer is a terrible fucking disease, and it's very bad in mm-hmm. the end. And um, she died because. Uh, a doctor gave her morphine and ba- and basically it ended up killing her. Um, on and, purpose or an accident? Well, I just think it was like near the end, you yeah. know, maybe it was just like one too many. It does, I don't yeah. know the details, but he witnessed uh, the pain go away, oh. even though she had this terrible lung cancer. Yeah. And, um, and he watched doctors come and basically take it away and whatever. And then mm-hmm. she died like in one of those, uh, in one of those moments. And he was there for all of that. And it was when he was 17. So it's Holy kind of a shit. crucial time. Yeah. So we're, this is a person who is smart enough to become a doctor, but who goes for this incredibly traumatic experience, uh, growing up. So, um, what the fuck was that? <laughs> I don't know. It just sounded like the wind went through your hallway. A little scary. A little bit. There was some weird noise just now in my house. It was kind of crunchy sounding. It was crunchy. Also, 
the other day, just um, off topic, I was standing in my kitchen. I had just gotten some water. And uh, I was just standing in the kitchen drinking water. And the dog was standing there with me. And then one of the cabinet doors just closed. <gasps> It, Slowly, it was probably or? because I, well, the, mine are the kind where it's like open or closed. Uh-huh. So, um, I think I probably had left it open just enough so that it was still open, but closed itself. I know, but, but still. it was long enough. The, it was literally like four minutes had passed. So I forgot that I, I forgot that I'd even opened it. And my dog, it was the kind of thing where my dog looked at me like, what the fuck? And that <laughs> scared me. Instead of just it being no big deal, she like looked around like, what just happened? <laughs> I'm so scared right now that something's going to come out. flying out of my fucking... <laughs> well, we're here together. Yeah. And then we'll record it and it'll it'll get, it'll get be really popular. It'll be huge. People would love to hear that. Yeah. What a way to go. Uh, okay, so this is what I love. He goes to medical school. He graduates in 1970. In 1975, so five years later, he's he's off his, on his way of becoming a doctor. He uh, gets caught for forging Demerol prescriptions, and he gets fined 600 pounds. He goes to rehab in York, and don't know where that is. Won't talk about where it is. <laughs> um, then he ends up uh, working at Donny Brook Medical Center in Hyde which is near Manchester. All of this is off Wikipedia. I don't know it factually in my own head. So he basically starts working at this place in 1977. And he, uh, he works there throughout the 80s. And then he starts his own surgery in 1993. He's a respected member of the community. Uh, he's just your standard awesome doctor. Until 1998. When Deborah Massey from Frank Massey and Son's Funeral Parlor <laughs> goes to the corner and says, uh, we're getting a lot of deaths from Dr. Shipman's patients, and there's a lot of cremation forms that he's the only person that has to sign it. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Duh. Um, so, or maybe they, I'm sorry, they, the funeral home needs to countersign the cremation form. Oh, okay. But that's when she notices, and... uh ends up going to another doctor and being like, here's the thing. There's all these old ladies. Red flag. No autopsies. Yeah. Going straight to cremation. Yeah. It's all from good old Dr. Shipman down the street. Yeah. Maybe somebody should look into this. Yeah. And she's going to end up dead, isn't she? Uh, no, I, not that I know of. Okay. But it could be. Um, not according to Wikipedia. <laughs> in my wildest imagination, this bitch. She was. Dad. She had a needle in her neck that night. Uh, cremated. Um, so they start the shipment report. They start to look into it at, in the police department. But of course, what do they do? What do they always do? They assign it to inexperienced cops. Uh, so they don't really find any serious problems. Yeah. It's all kind of like, well, we can't prove anything. It's yeah. that old thing. And so, uh, everyone trusts a doctor. It's a doctor. He's a beard. He looks so plain. He He's totally the person that you would see waiting for the bus and never look at twice. I didn't know a lot of the story, but I've seen his photo and he looks just like, a, like, he looks like your, your stepdad. Exactly. Yes. And he ruins it because he isn't exciting and he didn't do, he didn't do these. He's one of the, I think they say that he's like the biggest, serial killer there is because of the numbers they just can't prove the numbers Mm. but like so they proved three for sure so he went you know he he went to jail ended up hanging himself because you know of all of it but then once they start digging into it and they do what they call the shipment report they they um assign people to look into all of the people that he has uh-huh. treated all of the people that have died and were cremated oh, man. and it's basically a majority of elderly women who up until that point were in perfectly fine health so they, they didn't go in with like long-term illnesses that he helped them get out of he was just like no. it wasn't like Kevorkian. yeah it wasn't an unofficial Kevorkian. it was an old lady who would go to dr shipman because she'd be like these corns on my feet yeah. or whatever because he was a gp which here means general practice yeah. means like you go the, to them for whatever i have a sore yeah. throat i think i got the flu and i'm old we have to be careful sounds good sounds good fucking but in his mind was he like i'm getting i'm helping you not have to ever go through this like in his or is he just enjoying well he i'm positive he enjoyed it because what that is is you basically are becoming the angel of death so and apparently that's a very common thing in doctors is they get the god complex yeah where they can save your life 
And and the healthy, normal ones, which is hopefully the majority, I right. almost immediately said majority, which who knows? Um, they're all about saving and doing no yeah. harm. And and they get all their joy and power from saving you. Yeah. But there are the ones, and it happens, you know, it happens to nurses a lot too. Yeah, I've seen that. Um, where they get the joy from deciding that it's time for you to go. Yeah. And you can see where the logic would be if his mother was suffered with lung cancer and he watched somebody give her morphine and kind of like make it all go away. Yeah. His, you could see the logic behind it's an old lady. She's living. Maybe once he gets to know them, I'm not sure the details, but like that he basically decides like y you should, we're going to wrap this up for I you. I want to know his mindset. I really want to read his manifesto, which sounds like he's the kind of person who would write one. Yeah. I sh I'm sorry. I don't no, know. No, no, no. I'm just one. saying if he had like, yeah, like I'm so curious about his mindset, if he was being like malicious or if he thought he was like doing something good. Well, I think, I think he thought he was doing good. Um, I did see a, uh, one, a murder show on this, um, on, on Dr. Shipman. Mm -hmm. And I do remember being bored while I was watching it. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. once I got the fact that basically he would, it would be people who were in fine health, mm -hmm. elderly ladies. He also was suspected of causing the death of a four year old child in the early days. Oh my goodness. So there could have been like, it could be that thing where that was a mistake, but then yeah. what he realized was he could, have the joy of having that same thrill of killing someone, but, but cover it so perfectly. It sounds a little like Munchausen by proxy, doesn't it? Yes. But he's not getting empathy or sympathy. Yeah. He's getting power. He's probably also getting praise in a way that's like, I don't know. Like there's something about it too, where it's like, Oh, thank you doctor for everything you tried to do. And you, you know, yeah, that kind of thing. Yes. And Maybe it's the, what I think is kind of interesting is it's like, so when you're a doctor, you are the elite. You, people can in the way communities are based. It's like, you're the one person that can help. Mm -hmm. You're the person everybody goes to. Mm -hmm. You're, you, you automatically are the person people trust because you do all this good and you're upstanding in the community or whatever. So when like a taxi driver goes and says, Hey, guess what? Uh, my mother died and she shouldn't have because yeah. she had all this stuff we knew and she wasn't sick and da da da. They go, the cops go, okay, sir, which is literally what happened. It was, uh, there, there was a guy who went to the cops first that, that, that's the reason they started that first wow. inquiry. And then they were like, yeah, there's nothing we can prove and we don't, and basically we don't believe you. You're just a working stiff. Totally. You're a blue collar guy. And this is, this is our doctor. And it's going to ruin his reputation if you even look into it. Right. You know what I mean? Like if you have to start asking questions of other patients, you have to like, uh, subpoena his records. It's going to make, if, and it's not true, it's going to make him look really bad and he could probably sue for defamation, maybe? Probably. I'm making that up. Well, <laughs> Again, like everything else hard facts on our podcast but also it's that thing you know those when you see the doctors who kill their wives mm -hmm. and they keep that mask on after they're convicted i know in jail they keep it on forever because they have already turned into this person that's convinced they've done all the work of this is what i'm doing this is why it's right or this is why i get to do whatever i want so you would have to you would then be facing a person who it it just make, made me think of uh like a forensic files that I saw that was in Canada about a doctor who shot this woman up with like basically the stuff they give you when you're having a baby so that you just go, don't feel anything Whoa. and you go paralyzed and you kind of are numb mm -hmm. and he rapes her <gasps> and and then like and then thinks that she's gonna forget about it is ba basically a kind of a rohypnol yeah. cocktail thing. And then she accuses him of it. Everyone says, you're a crazy bitch. You're a crazy bitch. They do blood tests. It's that the blood doesn't match. The DNA doesn't match. You're a crazy bitch. You're a crazy no. bitch. For years, they find out he had, he had injected. Yes, remember that? I do. And the guy. With his, someone else's blood or what was it? Yes. A, one of his patients. So he's setting up another patient what to defend himself fuck? against the rape of a first patient. And he had the blood injected into his arm yeah. so they keep going you're the crazy bitch so basically you're taking on when you take on a doctor there's yeah. so much high they truly are the elite and if you are just a waitress or you're mm -hmm. just a cab driver 
you're automatically wrong. Or a prostitute? Or no way. God forbid a prostitute. You know what drives me? You know what a I wish? A sex worker. Sex worker, excuse me. Yeah. In a perfect world, like when, when, when um, you watch these video, these, these 40, these 28 hour videos <laughs> of like, you know, the father did this, the husband did this and they're in court. And then the, um, the jury says guilty or not guilty, whatever. When they say guilty, I feel like I wish that the guy would have to go, damn it, you got me. Like, I wish they yes. would have to admit it if they did or not. That's exactly right. Like, well, you got me. Yeah. Because I just want to know, like, is that the wrong? There's always that, like, what if the wrong person's in prison? But I just want, I want to know. And you're a fucking asshole. So if you did it, like, just own up to it so everyone can move the fuck on. I know. You got me. How great would that be? <laughs> And like, state, just, like starts laughing. State like, or country require. Okay, you're good right. Job, this guys. is over. Shakes the prosecutor's hands. <laughs> you know what? Fair play. Yeah. Fair play. You got me. Good I job. To- I totally slowly killed a bunch of undeserving right. people. Oh, and his numbers. Just to get for yeah, one second, Doctor Shipman. Uh, where was it? Um, four hundred. <gasps> And 59 people died while under his care. They just can't prove how many were victims and how many he was just a doctor that certified his death and that it didn't have anything to do with. I wonder how many is like standard. It can't be more than a hundred. It can't be. How many people die in a year in a small town? I don't know if it's small. Is it a year? I don't know how big it is. 400 is a year? No, 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 oh. no. That was over. Okay. It, it, that's like a t- uh, almost a thirty-year span. Oh shit! Seventy-one to ninety-eight. Wow. And that they they think the probable number of definite victims between seventy-one and ninety-eight is two hundred and fifty, but four hundred and fifty-nine people died in that amount of time. They just can't. They can't prove. I have a question. Important question. Where does the number two? Where does the year two thousand fit into all this? Because guess what? <laughs> I think he got arrested in 2000. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, yes, that's right. Because you. they started the lady from Frank Massey and Son's Funeral Home. And her name is Deborah Massey. So I want to go, are you the unfortunate daughter that works at uh, Frank Massey and sure. Son's Funeral Home? That sucks. Sorry, Deborah. And, and also high five for, yeah. for getting this whole thing going. Badass. But yeah, I think she went that she went to them in 98. And so basically he ended up getting looked into and arrested in okay. 2000. I'm going to, I'm going to accept that. <laughs> I swear to God. I'm not going to make you start over. <laughs> please, please don't because this was, this was borderline homolka, um, level lack of information. Yeah. I, I found a lot of those. There was one of a girl who was riding her bike and just disappeared and like all these people, um, cop to it but they didn't and it was like just fucking sad for a 2000 yeah one? yeah and that was like the only other one that i found that was like that interesting to me i feel like people thought that year was going to be way way worse than it actually yeah. turned out to be well i mean you're just under the fucking horizon of 9 11 so that's right you know what was interesting going through and i don't have the education to even like really theorize but i kept seeing all these things where they were like nuclear secrets leaked there are all these things in the year 2000 that i just oh. kept going i wonder if this is has anything to do with 9-11 <gasps> you know what i mean here and there there would just be a thing nuclear secrets yeah. there was something bombing that was, somewhere yeah murder of all these people in this thing yeah yeah tied Man, what if in this podcast we fucking uncover some <laughs> crazy government secrets and then we're on the run? Yes. Oh my God. And we only like all of the like Facebook group people like were there, like, like hide us out. Yes. They're like on create our an side. underground railroad totally. across the country and throughout the world now that we know that there yeah. are people in uh, Wales listening. And the only way that the government knows that we were there is that they have all t shirts. <laughs> we get given them all free t shirts for couch surfing. We have to make new t shirts for when we're on the run. Totally. It'll be like the 2016 tour. <laughs> and it'll show like what cities we're going to be in, which is like a bad idea. That's right. We have to like keep changing the cities on the back of the shirt yeah, around. Keep adding them. Uh, and then both canceled. Just get arrested. Canceled. canceled. Yeah, just no, not happening. Canceled. Oh, wh- which reminds me, um, I am going to, t- we are going to do a live show <gasps> in the next three months. Yes. Um, I just have to confirm it, but everybody in the Los Angeles area or maybe even Northern California, if you want to make a day trip totally. or something, um, we, my friend April and I, AP, uh, 
April Richardson, who did the Go Bayside podcast that there are people that listen to this podcast we're fans of. Mm-hmm. Positive podcasting. Uh, we have a show at the Improv Lab right now that's great. It's a great room and it's super fun. And so that's where... What's the um, show called? Plug the shit out of it. Oh, yeah, that's right. And we're going to do it May 11th, which is my birthday. Hey. Um, next Wednesday, May 11th. It's a great show and a really good lineup. It's at 10 o'clock at the Improv Lab. If you want to be there, please come. We would love to What's have you. What's the show you. called? It's called Business Class. Okay. And I will tweet on my Twitter account about it. Tweet on ours, too. Should I do that? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I'll do ours, this too. Is, we're not, this is a place of shameless self-promotion. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's what we're all about. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we're, we're going to try We're arranging that right now with... Um, oh, my God. I'm so excited. With that. I can't wait. I, I think can't. it could be super cool. I can't wait for a live show. Yeah. Uh, we'll bring t-shirts and sell them at... For double, double the cost. That's so good. <laughs> we'll have a fucking merch table. We'll have a merch table. Maybe we'll try to get Vince and Matt McCarthy from We Watch Wrestling <laughs> podcast yeah. to come and be our merch guys. And then, because there's a- all kinds of crossover listeners. Totally. Someone said that they that their boyfriend yelled to them from the other room, hey, the girl from your murder podcast is on my wrestling <laughs> podcast right now. <laughs> so like randomly come home when they're recording and they'll ask me who my favorite wrestler is. Yes. Just like Vince did that time. Yeah. When Vince came home. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I have to go to therapy now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I schedule therapy after this podcast because... I think that's good timing. It probably is. Um, all right. Well, then we'll save. You know what we should do is do a mini with, with emails because we've got a bunch of great emails. Definitely. That's what I was just checking to see if we had time Fuck. for it. But... Do you want to read one real quick? <sighs> should I? I did Google or I searched in our email 2000 just to be like, does anyone have a good 2000 story? Oh, yeah. And they were, but like... None of them I could. Let's see. Um, Let's see what people wrote. I said, uh, tell us on the podcast, on the Facebook group, tell us your favorite. Um, <laughs> what? No, no, I'm, said, I'm just laughing that of the mistake we made. Victoria M said, aren't we only up to episode 15? Yes, Victoria, you are correct. Oh, Victoria was on it. Thank you, Victoria, yeah. for paying attention. Someone said, you've got a Columbine 9-11 sandwich. Hmm, hard to choose. I don't know what that means. Oh, because those are that those happened then? Yeah, I didn't realize Scott Peterson was going on. Shit, we really missed the boat. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> you know what we do? We do the underground. We do the behind the scenes. We do the, we do the cases no one's talking about. Right. Or everyone's talking about. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, let's do an episode of emails and and okay stuff yeah that's a good idea okay do you want me to read this one though yep. this is from sam and the, the the title of is it my the title of it is my grandma and albert fish hell yeah right hey ladies i just finished listening to the cannibal episode which my dad and i listened to in the car to and from getting some groceries oh dad hi after you started introducing fish's story my dad turns to me and says you know your grandma and her sister were babysat by albert fish <laughs> are you kidding me to which i responded shut your mouth but he was totally serious and is surprised i don't remember my grandma talking about about it when i was much younger he says they lived next door to him in the same apartment building what the shit my grandma joan was born in 1931 in brooklyn and the wikipedia says fish was apprehended in 1934 so i doubt she would have remembered much but her sister doris is a couple years older and it's feasible that she would remember this little old man read super insane disturbed and terrifying creature unfortunately my grandma died a few years ago and so i've never and i've never actually met doris so i can't back um, up any of this with face-to-face memories but my dad isn't one to make up creepy stories and I only have third-hand info but I had to share it with you on the chance it might be true you know what we're all about that it's true it is true to I'm gonna us. go on record <sighs> it's true because the joy of it wow the joy of it Who can you imagine sorry let- this is the end can you imagine finding out that the neighbor you'd been depending on to watch your kids while you were at work was Americans America's boogeyman can you I just don't think of a time in my life when I would leave my baby with an old man. Like, no matter, for any reason. A, he'll drop the baby. Yeah. And then, like, worst case scenario, he'll eat the baby. Yeah. Um, although that, I really do think Albert Fish is that thing. He was unimaginable to yeah. people at, up until that point. That's unimaginable. True. That's true. That an old man would be that 
awful in every way. People still kind of trust old people a little too much, I feel like. Mm-hmm. When they say, oh, look at that like cute, sweet old man. It's like, well, he pedophiles get old. That's exactly. You know? Oh, man. Nazis, they sure do. Nazis get old. They <laughs> like like really mean bitches who are like the mean people. They get old. They live the longest. It they seems like life. everyone gets old, including pedophiles and murderers. So yeah. don't don't fucking don't fall for that shit. I feel like ins- it's insulting to old people to immediately assume that they're sweet and fucking well intentioned. That's right. You know, by the time you're old, you're either completely evil or uh, an American hero, and yeah. that's pretty much it. Pick one. The we the weak have been weeded out. <laughs> <laughs> or they've been killed by Dr. Shipman. <laughs> Calm British Dr. Shipman. Who can you imagine? He was just like, Yes, put your foot up on my knee and we'll look right. at your corns. You like dead. A tea or anything. Oh, oh, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Good, good night. Um, good night. I, the, the thing is to trust no one except the people who are like clearly dispra- displaying their craziness. That's right. Right? Yeah. Because everyone's crazy. <laughs> So the people who are hiding it well, the most, the wellest, the wellest. Thank you. (laughs) Are the craziest. Look at us. We have a fucking podcast talking about our crazy guys. It isn't the worst thing in the world. Uh, you can be crazy. Just be a little lighthearted about it. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's the point. Is that the point? Absolutely. Maybe you don't have to take needles and put them under your skin because you're crazy the mm-hmm. way Albert Fish did, right? Wasn't yes. he filled with in needles? His penis. In his penis, really? Yes. God, that guy was intense. Yeah, they found a bunch of ne- needles up there. I mean, urethra. Dude, Ouch. take a walk around the block. <laughs> Breathe deeply. You know what helped him? Meditation. Yeah, that's right. Transcendental meditation. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it probably would have. Clear your mind of those needle thoughts. Clear your Al. urethra of those needle <laughs> thoughts, Mr. Fish. All right, should we shut this one down? Yeah, I definitely. It, a while it definitely should. Um, well, thanks. We're looking forward to episode 16 next <laughs> next week. Where we'll talk about 15 of the best murders <laughs> ever i love it thanks for listening uh we're at my favorite murder everywhere and tell the itunes how much you like us and rate and review and subscribe and thanks for listening we appreciate your support yeah and stay sexy don't get murdered bye